The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon, Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableJewel. StableJewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableJewel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL props for a chance to win awesome cash prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SGP for 20% off your order and free shipping. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Hi, Ralph. Obviously, one player is going to be unavailable for the foreseeable future. Some players left on loan. Are you happy with the state of your squad, given those signings came in uh, at the end of the January transfer window? As I said earlier on, uh, I thought so far the group was uh, slightly too big. We had too many players and too many players not really seeing the chance to get regular game time. Uh, This is why I'm happy, not only for the club and for ourselves, but also for the players. I think players like Donny, Anthony and Ahmad, they deserve to get regular game time. Um, and I wish them all the very best. I was in contact with all three players. Um, Ahmad has already played and scored in his first game. And I'm pretty sure that Anthony um, and Donny will do well at Everton uh, and at Seville and uh, yeah, hopefully come back in the summer in, in good form. You mentioned a few weeks back that Paul Pogba might be available for, for this match. Will he be in the squad tomorrow? And are there any other players returning, maybe Luke Shaw, Aaron Wampasak or anyone unavailable? Yes, uh, Paul will be part of the group. He might even be in the starting 11. Um, uh, There are still a couple of players missing out. Eddie Cavani will only return on the weekend. He contacted me a week ago and asked me if he could have two more days at home. uh, And I allowed him because I knew that he couldn't be in the starting 11 anyway with uh, jet lag and with only coming back uh, today or last night. So he won't be part of the group. Viktor Lindelof uh, has been ill the whole week and not training, so he will also miss out tomorrow's game. The same is true with uh, Jesse. He asked me and uh, the club if we could give him a couple of days off just to to clear up his mind. And he will be back in the group, I suppose, next Monday, back for training, um, and then be a regular part uh, of of the whole squad again. Um, Yes, Eric Bailly, he came back yesterday, 
he has some problems, a swollen ankle with his ankle, and will therefore not be part of, of the squad for tomorrow. All the other players will be available. Michael Gray. Hi, Ralph. Uh, Ralph, there's, there's speculation that Mauricio Pochettino may leave Paris Saint-Germain in the summer. Um, is there a, a direction for yourself? Are you going to be moving upstairs next season or have you not had that conversation with the club yet? Because the interest from Pochettino or Man United is not going to go away. I have no idea. Um, I, my full focus is on uh, developing uh, and training the group right now. Uh, we have important important games coming up in three different competitions, so I cannot put, give any reasonable answer to that question. Uh, um, as I said, my focus is on, on the next couple of games and the next couple of weeks and months. Um, and uh, yeah, be as successful as, ca- as we can be. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account. It's at Bet MUFC, at Bet MUFC. You can also follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast. That is at SGP Soccer, at SGP Soccer. To get my additional content, head over to my website, lockbetting.com. If you look at... At the pin tweet at SGP Soccer, it will always be the PL from the previous month. Now, at the moment, it's the month of December. December was a massive month, so we're leaving it up a little bit longer. Not just because it was a massive month, but because you can see a full review of the entire year of 2021, which was a huge year for us. So have a read of that. Go and have a look at the spreadsheet. It was a big one. We landed just under 42 units, just under £4,200. That's good for over $5,500. So you'll get a feel of the sort of plays that we put out, the sports that we play, the units that we put out, and you'll get that from the spreadsheet and you'll get a full review of 2021. That'll only be up for another three days and that will then be replaced by the January PL as we started the month, started the year hot once again. And we now have 104 months in a row of Transband Track Profit and we are chasing month number 105. So make sure you sign up for the month of February to be a part of that 105th month. We are just three months away from being able to say, We haven't had a single losing month in nine years. And this is all transparent and tracked. If you look at the spreadsheet that's up at the moment as the pinned tweet, that is replicated throughout LockBetting.com. You can see every single spreadsheet across that nine-year run. I use Patreon because it allows me to be fully transparent. The one drawback is, is that as soon as you sign up for Patreon, you are billed immediately. So even though you've already missed three days of the month, you'll be billed for the month of February and you'll be billed again on March the 1st as well. So don't delay the good thing about patreon is is that underneath every single post there's comments that's important for all of the plays but it's also very very important for the PL because had i missed a play or added a play or done anything dodgy there's no way you would get away with it especially with the snowflake cancel culture error that we're in in the year 2022 so there's no way to to way to do that there's no place to run no place to hide my profit is genuine and we're coming up to nine years straight without a losing month if we can navigate the next three months over at lockbetting.com moving on with this episode of bet mufc feels like a long time since we've spoken about man united it's crazy how a week without any domestic soccer really does feel a lot longer than any other week 
but a lot has happened. Man United haven't really done any significant business in the window in terms of incomings. In fact, we've done none. But there's been lots of players that have gone out. I mean, we've lost Mason Greenwood for completely under completely insane circumstances that we will talk about. We're not going to ignore that. We've also finally let Donny van der Beek go and hopefully play some football with Everton. Anthony Martial has gone too severe. And we almost lost, uh, almost almost got rid of Phil Jones and Jesse Lingard as well. But Ralph Ragnick said in that clip that we listened to at the top of the show that that would have been one too many players. Now, here's what's really, really interesting about that clip He's just turned around there and said that players have asked for extra time off, despite the fact that the likes of Jesse Lingard didn't really do anything in this period. So he's asked for a mental break to get over what? To get over the fact that you didn't get to move in this window, that you haven't gone out on loan. He's kept you because there's going to be more opportunities to play. He's kept you because Mason Greenwood is potentially going to jail or may never play for this club again. I don't think Mason Greenwood's going to play this season. So suddenly, whereas Leslie Lingard isn't necessarily at the top of the pecking order, and if you, when you look at that front three, he probably doesn't get into your initial front three, which on paper for some people will probably still be Ronaldo, Rashford and Sancho. But Sancho isn't having a good season. Rashford isn't having a good season. Alanga's only just got into the team. There could be an opening there for for Jesse Lingard. So I don't understand why he won't want to stay. I don't see him signing a new contract or anything like that. But why is this dude asking for, for more time off? Your job is to play football when football games needed to be played. We need you in the squad for this game against Middlesbrough and you're not coming, you're not playing, you're not, you're not turning up till Monday and you didn't even go away on international duty. I can understand Edison Cavani and even Ralph Ragnick addressed that where he said that he gave him two days off because he wasn't going to play him anyway because he would have been jet-lagged and he would have been dealing with the issues because South American players didn't really get a break because of the ridiculous way that the South American World Cup qualifying is structured. But Jesse Lingard, that's ridiculous. Um, he also said in that clip that Paul Pogba's coming back as well. We didn't really get too much from him in that clip on the Mason Greenwood situation. We will talk about that in a second and uh, we'll see what Ragnick did say. But the um, the main thing that you got from that clip is that Man United are probably going to have to play a very, very strong team against Middlesbrough tomorrow. Uh, we could be seeing Paul Pogba in that starting lineup. Where I imagine Bruno Fernandes plays. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to have to play because Greenwood's looking like he's not going to play again for the rest of the season, if not ever again. Edson Cavani isn't there. So I don't think you're going to play Alanga as a sole striker. Um, you can probably see them going with two of three out of uh, Rashford, Alanga and Jaden Sancho. The back line picks itself because Eric Bailly isn't there. Um, he talked about an injury to Victor Lindelof. So that pretty much leaves you two from three from Maguire, Varane and Jones. And yeah, I think it's going to be a strong, strong team tomorrow. We may rotate the fullbacks. We may see Wan-Bissaka and uh, Luke Shaw getting some game time, but pretty much a Good opportunity for Manchester United to get themselves a decent win, which is what they've been lacking. I understand that the Brentford win looked good on paper, but that was a very bad 
first half that Manchester United played in that game. I think people would concede that that wasn't the best half that we played. So I really think that we need a good performance and not just like the one against Crystal Palace, which was Ralph Ragnick's first game where we we played well, but only one by one goal to nil. I think we need to win by two, three, four goals and look very, very good in a game. Um, I still think the best best period that we played under Ralph Ragnick was the one hour that we played away to Aston Villa. I think that was somewhat of a bounce back spot off the back of losing at home to Wolves and then scraping to a win against Aston Villa at home. Two games where we looked like we'd gone very, very far back. And then we produced that very, very solid hour against Aston Villa. And then obviously, again, we had that win against Brentford where, yeah, it was a bad 45 minutes, but at the end of the day, we've won the game. So there is a little bit of momentum I think it's fair to say that we certainly didn't benefit from the break because we may have lost some momentum. We've been involved in some controversial stories, the whole Lingard saga and and asking um, Newcastle to pay us a £12 million clause if Newcastle survived in the Premier League, which I thought was a ridiculous request because we probably couldn't even sell Jesse Lingard for £12 given that he's coming to the end of his contract. Um, the whole situation with, with Mason Greenwood. Yeah, and just generally like this being a window where Man United, much like Arsenal, used it to get players out, whereas the likes of Tottenham were strengthening in this window. There wasn't any business done by Manchester City. Um, Liverpool did some good business in this January window as well. So all in all, I think my main takeaway from this January window would be that Ralph Ragnick has sent these players away to see what they can really do. Let's see what all the hype is about Donny van der Beek. Let's see if Martial is the player that we thought he was when we bought him. Because if he is, then Sevilla should be mounting a serious title challenge with Anthony Martial now playing up front for them. So let's see what Martial's all about. Let's see what Donny van der Beek's all about. Let's see if we can get... Is that if, well, let's see if there's any point in Lingard signing a new contract. Because if we get a Jesse Lingard that played for West Ham and he does get some minutes, then he's going to be playing ahead of Jaden Sancho or Marcus Rashford in his team. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see. Obviously, the most interesting event of the week, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but certainly the most press-worthy event of the week was this whole situation with Mason Greenwood. I have the clip of... Um, of what Mason Greenwood's girlfriend released, where he's essentially talking about raping her. And it's very, very hard to defend the guy when you listen to this clip. And then we're going to hear briefly what Ralph Ragnick had to say. He wouldn't really be drawn on the topic, obviously, but we do have a little clip and then we'll give my take on it. And then we'll move on to the Middlesbrough game. Move your legs up. Use your fucking legs up! No, I don't want to have sex! I don't give a fuck what you want, you shit! Mason! Shut up! Talking to me! Stop! Stop putting your dick in! I'm gonna fucking you, twat! I don't want to have sex with care. you! I don't want fucking sex with me! Damn me! Why do I have to do this, though? Because I asked you politely and you wouldn't do it! I should politely and you wouldn't do it, so what else would you want me to do? Do you want to go for I don't want to go for you. No, I don't. 
Push me again one more time and watch what happens no. to you. Well, you, you will actually. You have to watch Get the fuck off me, dog. Thanks very much. I understand there is a police investigation going on, but I just wondered how distracting and how tough your job's been this week to get your side ready for this FA Cup game with everything going on in the background. In fact, we had a, a good and normal week of training uh, with uh, five training sessions, including uh, today's training. Um, obviously, it, I suppose it was a topic within the team, but uh, they're all human beings and uh, Mason was part of the group until uh, yeah, before we had our, our break. But uh, as I said, it was a good a good week of training. Um, we could train uh, under normal circumstances, and uh, we're looking forward to the game tomorrow. Simon Stone. Um, hi, Ralph. Um, just in terms of um, the transfer deadline, obviously uh, Jesse Lingard didn't get the move that he wanted. Was that in any way related to the fact that Mason is? unavailable for selection for the foreseeable future? Well, three weeks ago, uh, Jesse didn't want to leave. Uh, then he changed his mind. Uh, I had a, a chat with him uh, some 10 days ago, um, and I could fully understand uh, why and that he wanted to leave to get game time for his future, also for the World Cup. And I said to him at the time, uh, in case uh, he finds a club uh, where he would like to play for and uh, also the club finds a solution with our club, I would let him go and allow him to leave. Um, but obviously, with all the development we had in the last couple of days, uh, things changed a little bit. On the other hand, we also had no agreement with any other club. Um, so at one stage, we had to take a final decision together with the board and we decided to rather keep Jesse until the end of the season. So, so the, the, I realise it's a difficult subject, but the Mason Greenwood situation was a factor in how Jesse's ended up staying at Manchester United. In a way, yes, but in the end, uh, the club also told me, the board told me that they couldn't find an agreement with any of those clubs uh, that were interested in him. So um, with the window closing uh, at, on Monday evening, um, for me, in, in the afternoon, the board informed me that they would rather want him to stay. And for me, that, that was, uh, was a decision that I could fully understand and accept. So it was two things. One thing was obviously that we had the problem with uh, Mason Greenwood and being without a player for the time being that uh, has played regularly in the last couple of weeks and on the other hand the club couldn't find an agreement with any other club So yeah, touched on a little bit more on the Jesse Lingard situation there but that's related obviously to the Mason Greenwood situation but what can you say about the Mason Greenwood situation we have to address it here but there isn't too much to say you can't Listen to that clip. You can't see the pictures of this girl who's had the shit kicked out of her and make any defense for him. Now, in the past, I have tried to find a defense and I have tried to keep an open mind when it comes to male celebrities. That's partly from being around this showbiz industry for a while. Um, I did Big Brother in 2007. It was at its peak, 8 million viewers per night. And uh, I was in and around the scene. I was around these these types of girls. I don't want to label the girl, but 
we call them wags over here, wives and girlfriends, and they're usually looking to become a wife or a girlfriend of guys in the public eye, be it footballers or reality show stars or presenters or whatever. So I've been around these these types of wags, and um, I had a friend, a, a fellow celebrity at the time, accused of, of rape, um, and it was something that he definitely didn't do. Um, I, I hate going down the path of saying um, he didn't need to rape anybody because he had his choice of 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 women but you know when you say that you're always confronted by people to say oh rape's not about options rape is about power that's why you know when i defended cristiano ronaldo a few years back and said there's no way he raped anybody that was that wasn't just down to the fact that he doesn't need to i just don't get that that vibe from him the, the character of ronaldo the family man the guy that loves his mum and, and and lives with his mum and, and thanks his mum for everything and the guy that's obsessed with football and trains the way that he does with his with his freezer in his um in his own home and just to, just to make sure that he's one in 100 percent physical condition and, and the way he eats and the way he lives i just didn't see that and also obviously i used the example of why would he need to and that was taken the wrong way so it's not a subject you really want to talk about but I've always tried to keep an open mind and, and see if leave leave the door open to see if if men are being framed in these situations and that's just my mindset from being in and around the scene. I feel that a lot of men are being taken advantage of or, or women are trying to get their their fifteen minutes of fame. But in this situation, I don't feel like that at all. I, I genuinely feel like Mason Greenwood is a little cunt and. That is me being as blunt as I possibly can. And I get that vibe from him anyway. I get that vibe from Marcus Rashford. Not obviously a rapey woman beater vibe, but just a horrible vibe that they're not very nice people. I've seen them drive past children down at Carrington. I know I've mentioned that many times throughout the last year, but that is my interaction with with the players. Now, had this been 10 years ago, when I was around a club scene, my interactions would have been seeing the players out and about, more so players around London, because I was around the London scene, that's where I worked, but I did also see a lot of Manchester United players during my time after away games, so yeah, I, I had my run-ins with the with these players, and often they were positive, but I don't get anything positive from this Manchester United squad, I've often said here on the show that even if we do sign players and people were looking at a transfer window and saying, oh, why didn't we sign a defensive midfielder? Well, I just feel that when we do bring in these players that, that these that these fans feel like that we need, they suddenly don't look as good as they were. They become sucked into the toxic culture of the locker room. And that is the biggest issue that Ralph Ragnick had to address, Mourinho had to address, Solskjaer had to address. They've all had to deal with these locker room egos. And I always felt like the the ringleader and the guy that kind of brought this situation to the club was Paul Pogba. I felt like before we didn't have the right players to to carry on after Fergie. I don't think that Louis van Gaal necessarily got the, the longest amount of time. I also don't think he's moving in the right direction, but I do feel that either van Gaal or, or Moyes deserved a little more time than they got. But then we had Mourinho in, uh, we had Zatan Ibrahimovic, we had we had Paul Pogba come in, and it seemed like initially that tie in with Zlatan and Pogba was was working for Pogba. Um, 
he was a, a he was very much tied to, to Instagram and marketing and all that kind of nonsense. But you know, he had a rapport with with, with Zlatan, who seemed to be able to keep Paul more professional. And I don't think we've seen a wholly professional Paul Pogba since, and that influences the the younger players. And we always talk about Jesse Lingard being one of the younger players. He's actually not that young. Jesse Lingard's going to be thirty soon, so he shouldn't be influenced by this, and he also shouldn't be a negative influence on the other players. When I see Lingard being best friends of Rashford, when I see Lingard initially going out with, with Jadon Sancho as soon as we signed him, that to me was a bad sign. And I always get these bad signs and these bad vibes from these players. It, it's very hard to like this team. It's it's the most disconnected I think I've ever felt to my club, which is ironic because I'm doing an entire podcast on a weekly basis about Manchester United. But there is a huge disconnect there because it's very hard to say who's your favourite player. It's very hard to say who you actually like in this squad. I like Edison Cavani, but that's because I've always liked Edison Cavani. Edison Cavani is an ultimate professional. Ronaldo is too. Bruno Fernandes is a player who's been an, an incredible signing that, that carried us into the top four for the last couple of seasons. But aside from that, who can you really like? Who can you say that, oh, I really love this player, I really love that player? It's really difficult to pick players out here. You want to get behind the English players, but I find the English players are the most inconsistent Look at the form of Maguire and Shaw since they've come back from the Euros. Look at what's happened to Marcus Rashford since he became engrossed in politics and, and feeding children, which shouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. But in my opinion, it's not real. It's a PR stunt. I don't get that vibe from the, the real Marcus Rashford from what I've seen. So it's very, very difficult to um, to identify with the current crop of players. It's not like back in the day where you had... Beckham and Giggs and Scholes and Keane and Cantona and Van Nistelrooy at times and Rooney and Rio Ferdinand and Vidic. You just loved everybody. You loved all your players. And um, I really can't say that's the case right now. I'm finding it difficult to name people that I do love. But but Mason Greenwood was a player that I was fully behind. Mason Greenwood, I say was, he still is an exceptional talent. For me, the best young player in England above Grealish, above Foden. People will argue with that because Foden seems to be doing more. But when you look at the attributes that Mason Greenwood had, has, he's a better finisher than Phil Foden. He's quicker than Phil Foden. He's as skillful as Foden. He just hasn't had the opportunity in the game time. And, and Foden's playing in Manchester City. If Mason Greenwood was playing in Manchester City, he'd be crazy. And perhaps this whole situation wouldn't have happened because he'd been man-managed by Pep Guardiola. And at the moment, he's had no no man management. He's had a, a best a best mate in 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 Oligan Solskjaer, the PE teacher, and now he's had Ralph Ragnick come in, and maybe he's frustrated by the Cristiano Ronaldo situation and the fact that he felt like he was going to get more game time this week, this she's this season in the position he wants to play in. But there's no excuse for that. Um, you can't just make a defence for him because he's got incredible potential. This is a awful incident there's no getting out of it he sounds like a prick he is a prick and he may have squandered away his entire career now obviously as a United supporter there's a part of you that wants to see that not be the case because we need Greenwood he's a genuine talent I think he's miles better than Marcus Rashford I think the potential there is miles bigger but how do you get out of this situation now how do you get out of what he's done. How do you keep this player? How does he play for us again? How does how do the supporters get behind him? It's a really, really confusing and messed up situation. And look, we can't even overlook the fact that this guy could seriously end up in jail. 
Now, it's going to probably take a, um, a statement and his girlfriend wanting to, to press charges against him, which I don't think will happen. When you look at what the dad came out and said, it looks like that they're trying to, to stay on, on side with Mason Greenwood. It looks like they're trying to work through it. It seems like that they want that tie into Mason Greenwood, which is where we come back round to the whole wag thing. She, she wants to be a wag. She doesn't want to leave the relationship at this point, even though he's kicked the shit out of her and essentially raped her. She wants to be with Mason Greenwood. She wants to be a footballer's wife, and it's nothing you can do about that. And you can't make the girl press charges either. So I, my gut instinct tells me he's going to get away with this in terms of the, the criminal prosecution. But will he get away with it in terms of being a Manchester United player or being a player for anybody moving forward? So we'll now move forward and we'll look at this game against Middlesbrough happening tomorrow night in the fourth round of the FA Cup where Man United are the 1-3 to three minus 300 favourites to win it. It's 17-4 to four on the draw and it's 19-2 to two here on Middlesbrough. I can't see anything but a Manchester United win here in this one. I think we should win this game with a clean sheet bearing in mind that Varane probably has to play and he'll probably play at the back with Maguire. And um, and with our attacking prowess, we should be able to comfortably cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap line here. So with Man United being at 1-3, to three, I think that makes them a pretty decent parlay piece. And therefore, with us only being at 1-3, to three, you can get the Asian handicap here, the minus 1.5 at even money. Man United obviously haven't been good at covering that kind of number throughout the season. But I think this is a good opportunity to... Get the momentum going again. Get back on track where we were. We were doing fine when uh, when we had this winter break off coming off the back of uh, a good performance against Villa where we didn't win and then a win against Brentford. And I think here, Manchester United will find a way to get themselves into round five and I think it'll be a convincing performance. What's interesting about this game is I'm going to the game tomorrow. I'm currently recording the show from Hotel Football, football right next to Old Trafford where my son loves to stay. It cost me a fortune, but... My son absolutely loves staying in his hotel, which frankly isn't all that. I've stayed in much better five-star hotels than this, but that's where we are. And I was told uh, when I couldn't initially get a ticket for this game that it was the second most in-demand game of the season, which I don't know that's because of the break um, with Man United not playing for a week or so or, or whether it's because it's a Friday night game. I would say the Friday night game because they told me that they had more applications in the ballot for this game than the Manchester City game, with this game only being behind Liverpool this season. So that was really, really interesting. So I think Old Trafford's going to be buzzing tomorrow night, and hopefully it leads to a positive Manchester United performance. I like Man United to win to nil. That's a plus money at 6-5. to five. And Man United to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap here, and that's available at even. Man United have actually won five of their last seven home games, losing just once. And United have won three of their last four coming into this, whereas Middlesbrough lost to Blackburn in their last away game. Man United come into this having managed clean sheets in their last two home games, whereas Middlesbrough have failed to score in two of their last four trips. Man United have nine clean sheets in their last 11 home ties in the FA Cup and haven't conceded at home against the team outside the Premier League in this competition 
since 2009-2010. So if Man United can keep a clean sheet, that puts them in good stead to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap. So I'm going to go for the 1.5 Asian handicap line as my main play because if we do manage to concede a goal in this game, I still think we should be able to score three. And I'll take Man United to win to know as my second play. Those are available at even and six to five. That concludes this edition of BetMUFC. Don't forget to check out the EPL show covering the rest of the round four games. But until then, good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.